Good morning, survivors, and happy Thursday. Today we're going to talk about invisible abuse. I'm going to tell you five ways to detect invisible abuse, and I'm going to tell you how to stop being invisible. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson, and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. But first, do you have your coffee? Check out this cup. Can you see it? It says Queen Bee. <laughs> this was given to me by Piper's boyfriend, Joey. Piper, my sister. For my birthday. Pretty sweet, huh? Thanks, Joey. Thanks, Piper. <laughs> Alright, let's get on with it, shall we? So the question of the day is, is it possible to not realize that you're being abused? And the answer, unfortunately, is yes. Alright? But, <clears throat> as you may well be aware if you've watched my videos very often. There's such a thing as gaslighting. It was originally uh, like a 1942 screenplay or something uh, where this man was intentionally trying to make his wife feel crazy. Okay, and part of the way he did that was by turning the gas lights in the house off and on. Well, anyway, <clears throat> the point is that it is one of the most dangerous forms and pervasive forms of, of emotional abuse because um, Basically, it's, as we all know, it's very common, uh, and it, it, it is done by people, narcissists, who thrive on feeling powerful, and sometimes, um, in some cases, they are reenacting the same kind of abuse that you, or that they received growing up. Not always, but sometimes. Of course, when we pick up PTSD from this gaslighting and abuse, we often feel invisible, okay? But before we get to that part, we're going to talk about how to detect the invisible abuse. I've got five signs for you that are just really uh, big red flags, and I'm going to share those with you right now. Number one is putting you down. Uh, the fact of the matter is that it, it, it might be something as simple as ridiculing you or um, your characteristics as a person, and, and, and that will include your strengths, okay? Uh, for example, if you're someone who started her own business and you work lots of hours or his own business and, you know, your narcissist might be like, all you ever do is work. All you ever talk about is work. La, 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 la. See? So even though your strength is you're dedicated to your work and da, 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 they, they will find a way to make that a weakness. And, and in some cases you may stop running your business or you may give up your business in order to make the narcissist happy and if your business is the thing that makes you happy you're kind of taken away from yourself when you do that so something to think about number two is they try to control and restrict your behavior so they feel possessive they feel jealous they feel angry and it doesn't mean you're a narcissist if you feel possessive jealous and angry you may have a good reason to feel that way but if it's done for no reason, that's a red flag. If you really give this person no reason to fear that you're going to cheat or run away or leave them, well, they might just be projecting their own stuff onto you. Number three, the stare. We've talked about this before. Uh, the stare happens when the narcissist doesn't like something you're doing. They might sneer at you or they might just give you the look. <clears throat> You'll see it. You'll know it. You won't like it. And if you know what I'm talking about, then you might be dealing with a narcissist. Number four, they distort your words. They take everything you say and they twist it to be the most unfortunate, negative possible meaning it could be. And this is something that they do 
they, they make you seem negative. They make you seem self-serving. And they then refuse to listen to you when you try to explain yourself. It's like you're talking to a brick wall. It's incredibly frustrating. Number five, they constantly blame you for everything. They aren't capable of taking responsibility. And anytime they try, you know, you try to get them to apologize or accept responsibility for their behavior, guess what? Nope, they don't do it. They blame you. They rarely, if ever, take responsibility for doing anything harmful or anything negative. And if they do take responsibility, it's only in, in so much as they say that you're crazy and, yeah, sure, I did that, but it's normal and healthy to do that. Normal people do that, but it's not really the case. It's obviously something you had a right to be upset about, but they make you feel like you've done something wrong. For example, um, I have one client right now who's dealing with something like this where she would say to her narcissist, um, you know, well, why are you going out to lunch with that woman from work every day? And why do you keep buying? And how come you guys are hanging out after work? And he, he'd be like, oh, you're crazy. You just don't know what you're talking about. You're just crazy. You're just, you're jealous and possessive and terrible, you know? And then she started to think that maybe that was the case. And what's interesting about that is the same thing happened to me in my situation, a similar thing. Uh, so, you know, they, they do that. They, they play that game with you and they make you doubt yourself so much that you find yourself begging them to go out to lunch with that woman or whatever. It's, it's, it's very, it's insidious and pervasive and it's painful and nobody deserves it. Something that happens to us when we go through this type of abuse is that we begin to feel like we're invisible because we're so used to not being heard that when anyone actually tries to hear us, we think they've got some kind of hidden agenda and we think, or they, or we assume that they're trying to fight with us because when the narcissist finally tries to listen to us or pretends to try to listen to us, it's inevitably, they're trying to get us to say a certain thing to incriminate ourselves or they'll take everything we said, like I said, and they'll twist it and make it into something else. So we expect to be ignored. That's part of it. Okay. Um, so it's, it's sometimes when you go through this, people just won't see you. And so if you're in that part of your recovery where you're finding yourself feeling invisible and people don't see you, people don't take you seriously, what do you, what do you do? Um, again, I want to say something here. The, the, the most important thing to remember, I think right now is that when we have this feeling, when we feel like we're being ignored or not acknowledged or what, like we're invisible to other people in the world, uh, you know, I think really a big part of that is that we spent so long expecting to be ignored, expecting to not be heard, that we walk around in the world expecting to not be heard. Uh, so, and I think another part of it is, uh, like here's an example. When Piper, my sister, and I went to um, Kansas City, and I noticed that when we were walking around in the casino at the hotel that we were staying in, um, I noticed that everybody we walked past would look at me in the eyes and smile and say hi or something like that. And that's just part of, partially because I walk around and smile and say hi to everybody because I don't care who you are. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you, right? Well, Piper doesn't do that. She tends to not look people in the eyes when she walks by. And I think, you know, we kind of talked about it, and I think part of the issue is that she doesn't expect people to say hi to her, and she doesn't expect people, you know, in strangers. And, and I have, I guess, a small-town girl mentality. I don't know what the deal is with that, but there it is. So that's one thing, okay? But there's more to it than that. And I'm not calling Piper out because she's awesome and amazing, and I want you all to know that. I'm not saying anything negative about her at all. Uh, but I, I think there's a little more to it than that, okay? Um, it's all about the energy. It's the energy that you're putting off in the world. So if you walk around in the world and you expect people to look you in the eyes and say hello to them, they probably will say hello to you, I mean, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 
anyway, but I'm going to give you a couple of other pointers that are going to help you here. Okay, so one of the biggest reasons I think, like I already told you, is is the fact that we've been through this kind of abuse. So we find ourselves, I think we ignore ourselves, we ignore our feelings, because we've been taught that our feelings don't matter, that our feelings aren't real, that they aren't as legitimate as other people's feelings. And so one of the things you have to do is you have to start listening to yourself. Our feelings are like a source of inner guidance. They really help us to become who we are. If we listen to our feelings and we honor our feelings and we take care of our feelings, that's the very first step to not being invisible anymore. Okay. So when you feel anxious or depressed or lonely or heartbroken or anything, angry, whatever, what do you do? Do you stay up in your head and, and try not to feel the feelings? Cause I know I do sometimes. Uh, <laughs> do you turn to food or drugs or alcohol or, or, or medications, or do you, you know, turn to things that avoid your feelings like TV, sex, whatever, um, shopping, maybe, I don't know. I, I know that I personally have done certain behaviors this way myself over the years. And I, I think that these are behaviors that kind of cause us to abandon ourselves. Okay. So when you avoid your feelings, through addiction, it might work temporarily uh, through bad behavior. It might work temporarily, but eventually you're going to find yourself feeling alone and abandoned. And as a result of abandoning yourself, you become invisible to yourself. And again, this inevitably results in your becoming invisible to other people. Next thing we do is we don't advocate for ourselves properly. And, and you know, you might find yourself being like a total you know, lioness or lion or bear or whatever, when it comes to your kids, you could go to, you could lift a car if you needed to. But when it comes to you, you put yourself aside, you put yourself last all the time. And that's partially because that's the way you've been taught to be for your whole life or because someone taught you that in your life. And so now it's time for you to not put yourself last all the time, not, not accept less than you deserve. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to stand up for yourself and say, Hey, this is okay. Or this is not okay. This is what I expect and you have to teach people how to treat you. Don't silently endure someone else's judgment of you. Don't allow people to discount you or be disrespectful to you. You know, like I said, you teach someone how to treat you. So by silently allowing yourself to be treated like shit, <laughs> you train other people to do the same thing. So don't do that anymore. Stand up and, ex you know, take it. Take what you deserve because you deserve it. Another thing is that we, because maybe because we've been abused, we tend to accept one-way relationships. Uh, maybe we're not doing that anymore, but we did it before. And sometimes we accept them, those kinds of relationships with friends, and then we find ourselves falling back into those with romantic partners. In any case, accepting a one-way a one-way relationship is is one of the ways you become invisible. So you have to expect to, you know, reciprocation in your friendships and your relationships. You know, it's, it shouldn't just be all your effort. Somebody else in the relationship should also be making an effort, the other person. Because if you accept a one-way relationship, you literally ask someone, you teach someone that it's okay to ignore you. And you then again, train people to not see you. And I think the final thing that, that we do, or the final tip I'm going to give you today about this is that we tend to be people pleasers. And when you're a people pleaser, that's so focused on being nice to other people instead of loving to yourself, 
you kind of put yourself aside for other people. Like I said, you got to put yourself first, but you're giving yourself up. You are, you know, you, you hope that people will see you as a good person and then they'll care about you, but it doesn't always work that way. A lot of times people see someone like us and they go, let's take advantage of that person. And so you have to learn to be strong. It's not, it's not, I'm not saying you can't be a nice person. You should be a nice person. But when your niceness um, is about trying to gain others' approval or by, you know, being, like if you're trying to take care of them in order to get them to love you, in a way it's kind of controlling, believe it or not. And when anyone tries to be controlled, they quickly, you know, anyone who feels they might be controlled or, or like you're trying to control them in any way, they're going to very quickly... Uh, run or freak out or whatever. So stop treating yourself like you're invisible and then other people will stop treating you like you're invisible. Love yourself, be yourself, honor your feelings, uh, give yourself those little bits of the gift of, you know, um, making allowances for yourself. Allow yourself to have allowances. <laughs> Allow yourself to feel like it's okay to be who you are. You know, embrace your little flaws and your little quirks and just accept them. The ones that you can't change, you know, like I've told you before, I need to be alone at least an hour every single day. That's not always the best deal for people who don't want to be alone. And so it's sometimes hard to get it. But if you stick by it, whatever your little issue is, if you need an hour a day alone, take it. You see what I'm saying? When you can do that, you can do better for the rest of your family and the rest of the people in your life. But if you're going to, if you're going to focus on not having that stuff, if you're going to focus on not getting your little hour or whatever it is that you need, you know, if you need to have, you know, an hour a day where you sit in a room full of puppies, then by God, you go find a room full of puppies and sit in it every day. You feel me? Okay. I'm going to wrap up for today. Uh, let me know, have you ever felt invisible and do you think it's directly connected to your narcissistic abuse and what have you done to change it? Share your thoughts in the comments below. Let's talk about it, shall we? All right. I'm going to wrap up. Getting ready to get this girl off to school, get this video on the internet so y'all can say hello to me and enjoy coffee with me, All right? <laughs> thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life, and thanks for letting me be a part of yours. Um, I'll see you soon. By the way, my book is in editing right now. The cover is being designed. I'm very excited my next book. Um, it's going to be called Navigating No Contact, a recovery roadmap for narcissistic abuse survivors and it's thorough you guys it's probably the best one i've done so far very exciting and so far i have three amazing co-authors and you will see them soon in an upcoming video stay tuned <laughs> it's my mission to teach others what i know to be true you really can create the life you want take care of your body take care of your soul nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot, take it now, and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.